Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, my guest is Brian McLaren. He's the Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of Zoned Properties, a leading real estate development firm for emerging and highly regulated industries including legalized cannabis. Brian has a strong professional background in the social, economic, and environmental development of complex business organizations. Over his professional career, he has successfully implemented large-scale projects for corporate and community organizations. Prior to his role at Zoned Properties, he worked as a sustainability consultant for waste management, where he led the strategic development and operational implementation of zero waste programs for higher education clients. Welcome to the show today, Brian. Hey, Bethany. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for having me back. Absolutely. So this is your first time on our show, I believe. So I would love to hear more about your background and experience and all kinds of things that you've done before getting involved in cannabis-related uh, real estate. So what was that? What was that story? Yeah, wonderful. Um, and I love talking about this stuff. So again, appreciate your audience and the platform and the ability to be here today. Uh, yeah, so my entire background prior to regulated cannabis, which I've been doing for about 10 years, um, I come from the community planning and real estate development world. 
Um, I spent the early part of my professional career and almost all of my graduate academic career really focused on researching and interacting with the formula of our communities, essentially. And what, what I was trying to achieve with that was figure out what could create more prosperous and sustainable communities. Um, that's the beauty of the cannabis industry intersection is that both community advocacy, sustainable development, and regulated cannabis, these are all very grassroots driven movements. They have strong legacies of community focus, advocacy, and big opportunities, both for the people involved and for the communities. So yeah, I've worked at a variety of different organizations from big corporate organizations like waste management to uh, educational institutions interacting with, you know, almost 100,000 uh, people in a community of students, faculty, staff to try and build solutions for really complex problems. And so that experience for me and that passion translates perfectly into what we do at Zoned Properties and what I'm focused on for the regulated cannabis industry, trying to figure out how we do the community planning and the real estate development for a massive new emerging industry. Awesome. Wow. Yes. And the cannabis industry has no shortage of complexities and restrictions as well. So um, all that in mind, what drew you to get involved in cannabis and, and how did you make that entrance into this movement turned industry? I think it's as simple as where the biggest bang for the buck kind of existed. So what I mean by that is for me, my passion for community development work, sustainable development, trying to figure out what in sustainability, we call it the triple bottom line. So that's the balance of people, planet, and profit. Mm -hmm. this, essentially, we can do well and do good at the same time. And this is a really, really difficult thing to try and figure out. So what I kept searching for, this was like 15 years ago, is where can kind of my skill sets and talents create the most positive outcome. And at that time, this was like right before the major tipping points of the regulated cannabis industry started moving nationally, based here in Arizona, went to my undergrad in California. So it was right in kind of the original birthplace in between California, Colorado, Arizona, where, where some of the first states legalized. And I started to see this trend developing and just thought to myself, man, there's a huge opportunity with a brand new emerging industry. And if we get this right, if we figure out the right paradigm, the right approach, we can really build a huge amount of economic value while doing a huge amount of good for the community and all of us as community members within those communities. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, I, I, it sounds like you you were drawn early on as well to the cannabis industry. I, I, I myself have been involved from the activist side of things for almost twenty years at this point as well. So, it's really been amazing to watch going from, you know, pre legalization where we were just crossing our fingers that medical cannabis laws were going to be the you know the thing to aim for 
And here we are with 19 states where you can walk into a dispensary if you're over 21 and just have a transaction with a bud tender and then walk right back out. <laughs> it's brilliant. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, you know, even all these years later, I'm still just tickled about the whole process. So um, fast forward to modern day, of course. So now you are, you've been running zoned properties for several years. You're, uh, you're working with these cannabis companies that are seeking real estate for, I'm sure, whether it's a dispensary or cultivation or extraction or everything in between. Tell me more about that and how your your company is operating day to day in, in the cannabis industry. Yeah. And it's it's so funny. Every time I talk about this, I feel like my answer is a little different because that's how fast paced the emergence of the cannabis industry is. It's changing. So Bethany, I know we were talking about this before the recording. It, years ago, it was like, okay, it's changing month to month. Now it seems like it's changing weekly, if not daily. So you know, what we do at Zoned Properties is, is really real estate solutions for property owners that want to get into cannabis, property investors that are looking into investing cannabis real estate, and then for regulated cannabis companies. So business organizations, you know, we call them communities, communities of, of individuals trying to enter the regulated cannabis space, or what we love to focus on is transition from their legacy roles in the cannabis space pre-regulation and coming into that regulated market. And really cool. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's so important because it's, like I said earlier in the intro, this is not a new industry, you know, for for new people to the industry, they may see it as a new industry, but this industry has been here for many, many decades, many generations, and there's some really, really smart people, some legends in the cannabis space, some legacy legends that have created this opportunity for our country and, and us as a larger community. So yeah, our, our focus is trying to bring really complex well, solutions to really complex problems like developing real estate and that is it's so complex because of the the checkerboard the potpourri of locality by locality regulation there's 40,000 localities in this country right so every time a state legalizes a program you know we all applaud it's great and then it's time to get to work and all of these local communities are figuring out their permitting, their zoning, their real estate development rules. So what Zoned Properties does is we provide real estate services for property owners and, and cannabis operators of how to successfully make your way through that. We advise them. We act as a, a licensed broker to help them through a lease or a, a real estate purchase transaction. And occasionally we invest in the properties and become the landlord. So it's we view it as our contribution to trying to grow this huge you know 50 100 billion dollar emerging industry and at the exact same time we're providing education communication for why this industry can do so many great things wow and what a great thing to bring up about helping the legacy cannabis operators transition into the legal market because that you know, getting into the legal market, as we all, as you know, I'm sure, it's it's not super simple. There are a lot of 
hurdles to jump. There's a lot of capital to raise. The licensing application process is not super easy. So having someone to hold your hand and be able to interpret the local municipal laws, um, it, it's that's great. Um, and you know, to not leave behind the legacy operators along the way here as we're transitioning into this above board legal market. All right, um, at that, let's take our first commercial break and then we'll come back and take a deeper dive with Brian McLaren of Zoned Properties. So stay tuned, we'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm speaking with Brian McLaren of Zoned Properties. And we're here to talk about real estate in the cannabis industry. It's kind of a weird topic these days with the housing market and so on. Um, but let's talk commercial real estate for cannabis. Uh, why is this aspect important in the grand scheme as we move toward federal legalization and sensible regulations to go with them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really just comes down to, Bethany, it's such a capital and asset intensive part of any business operation, any new business implementation. How do you create the physical infrastructure that supports your operations, the goods and services you're providing? So Cannabis, especially, and for anyone in the audience that isn't familiar, although I know NCI does such an amazing job informing their audience, and and it's my answer to Bethany. You'll probably laugh. It's 
it's really a result of amazing advocacy organizations that create the opportunity. And then it's like, okay, how do we build it? Now we have the opportunity. How do we build it? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we focus on in commercial real estate. You know, there may be 50, 80, or more than so billion dollars needed to develop the commercial real estate and infrastructure that's going to support this huge emerging industry in cannabis. Everything from cultivation, agricultural, industrial, to processing. So those industrial commercial sites to, to support kitchens, support infusion extraction, inventory, delivery, dropship logistics. And then of course, the retail side of the industry where the consumer and the public and the community are mostly interacting with at a public facing level, that's billions and billions of capital that needs to be raised and deployed to successfully identify these properties, design them, get them permitted. And then in real estate, we call it delivery. So successfully delivering a project to the operator. That's a very complex process and very capital intensive. And, and there's lots of great groups working out there on this stuff. You know, we're one of them. And our role is to really help our clients and our own projects be good stewards of that capital and be good stewards of the community in which that capital is being invested, creating jobs, economic development, tax dollars, property values go up. You know, I could go on and on in full circle back to kind of why I'm involved in this and, and why I'm so passionate about it. Those are all things if done successfully that increase community prosperity. It increases the value of, of all of us as individuals and the lives we will live within those communities. I love that. Yes, the cannabis industry has so much potential to uh, cr create community and business opportunities and um, bring, bringing us all together in a way that thankfully over these last 10 years of um, almost 10 years here of adult use legalization, we've got that under our belt and, and you know, the sky has not fallen as we like to say, right? So, right. you know, after these almost 10 years at this point of legalization, as far as how the cannabis industry has experienced the commercial real estate services, um, it hasn't been super easy. Um, I know that there's a lot of zoning regulations around schools and churches and this, that, and the other. It's super highly regulated. There's very specific rules. <laughs> What's the joke? Cannabis is regulated more strictly than plutonium or something, right? <laughs> than a That's radioactive right. substance. Um, so it's really just not as easy as buying a building and snap, you go, right? It, right. But has it <clears throat> in the last several years, has it gotten any easier or more straightforward as we've kind of gotten our bearings on things? Yeah, great. Great question and commentary, Bethany. So hopefully this response will be probably the most value-add nuggets for your audience here. Um, <laughs> so yes, commercial real estate development is already on its own really complicated. So when you add in the new layer of regulated cannabis, and we like to kind of joke around at our team that you know, you're already having to play chess instead of checkers. And then you layer on these different complexities of 
national, federal versus state regulatory, cannabis rules and regulations, and commercial, you know, you're now playing 3D chess. So commercial real estate's already really complicated. It gets even more complicated with cannabis regulations. And for the audience, there's several really critical things when it comes to successfully finding, developing, and delivering real estate and cannabis. So to find the right properties, you have to find what are commonly referred to in the cannabis industry as green zones. These are pieces of property that are meet the local regulatory requirements. They have to be a certain distance from what we call protected uses. So churches, schools, daycare centers, they also have to be in the right zones within the master plan of that zoned community. Once you find that property, then you have to go through zoning authorizations, permitting acknowledgements, building plans, You know, insert all the challenges of standard commercial building. And then you have to maintain those licenses and permits as you operate that facility. Throughout all of that, things like insurance, capital transactions like banking, we all know that's really difficult within the industry. Mm-hmm utility requirements. A lot of cannabis sites can be very utility intensive or require additional utility regulatory monitoring like environmental monitoring, wastewater disposal, higher rules and regulations, increased power requirements and regulations. Some states even have utility oversight, how many fixtures you can include in a facility, how how much power you can actually use per square foot or acreage in, of your facility. So these are all things that are heightened in the challenge in real estate. To your question, you know how, how has that changed over time? Has it gotten easier? Yes and no. So yes, it has gotten better in the sense that more traditional real estate experts are entering the cannabis space, which we love. A big part of, of what we see our role at Zoned Properties is educating and coaching other real estate professionals and welcoming them into the space. There is so much need in business. There is not a concern in the world about competition at this point. So it's gotten easier in the sense that there are more experts working on this. There is more availability of those individuals for cannabis operators and property owners and investors. On the other side, though, it has gotten more difficult as anything grows, emerges, and evolves, we now have a lot of people in the conversation. When I say conversation, I mean national discussion about regulating and operating cannabis. Mm. That's created a lot of noise. A little chaos, huh? (laughs) And so that is still very challenging. It's a lot of what we do for our clients is making sure the fact-based information is available. And that noise all of us in the cannabis industry, I think are pretty familiar because it's the same noise that is often used by anti-cannabis and false propaganda from the war on drugs. So it's this, I, I, I always say educating, teaching. I think there's a lot of people that are still basing decisions and opinions on fear when it comes to cannabis, mm-hmm. especially in the local community. So these are on city councils, on planning and zoning boards, on county supervisor boards. These are the bodies and individuals who are going to approve or deny local permits for cannabis sites. And a lot of them are not up to date on real fact-based knowledge about what cannabis, not just what it 
can do and we think it can do for the community. Now, after having so many years of actual hard evidence, fact-based data points, we can show all of almost all of these fears. To be fair, this is still a complex emerging industry. There's still unknowns, but things like property values going up, job growth, obviously, tax dollars, clearly a major benefit for the community. But things that people were afraid of, like, will crime go up? Almost mm -hmm. al always we're seeing crime go down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> property values are going up, both residential and commercial. So these are, these are all things that we need to all just keep working, keep advocating, keep teaching and coaching. I'm pretty surprised by how far we've come in just the past decade. But again, obviously acknowledging the decades and generations of those kind of legacy advocate people that have gotten us all here. Absolutely. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, and the complications surrounding the zoning in particular, I'm thinking, you know, the schools and the daycares and the churches, why? Why? I don't quite get it. Again, I think that's what you were referring to as operating from, uh, you know, the, the reefer madness, war on drugs type of mentality as well. Yeah. And, and maybe, Bethany, just real quickly on that, because it's such an important point. This is where a big disconnect occurs because, you know, why shouldn't a cannabis site be next to a daycare or school? Like cannabis is not the big, horrible devil's lettuce that we were all led to believe. No, it's more a community planning approach. And mm -hmm. it's, we also as cannabis professionals need to educate ourselves on what the community looks at. So just for example, you would not want a big industrial operation right next to a neighborhood of any kind, right. whether it's whether it's cannabis or growing tomatoes or manufacturing computers. Or the Purina Puppy Chow factory here in Denver. Sorry. <laughs> that's right. I've, I've lived in locations with those, too. And it's it's that's where it's getting. I've seen it get way better over the past decade. We're actually having the appropriate conversation. Should this type of use be in this type of location in our community, whether it's cannabis or not. That's right. And so right. if this is a retail location in the community where public facing retail stores should go, great, cannabis should go there. It's not, oh, do we believe cannabis is right? Okay, the voters have spoken. Now let's figure out how to implement these things. Oh, yeah. Love that. Okay, let's take our last commercial break, and then we'll come back and continue the conversation and wrap up with Brian McLaren of Zoned Properties. So stay tuned. We will be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, and we've got just a few minutes left here with Brian McLaren of Zoned Properties. And there were a couple things I wanted to cover that we didn't get to in the previous segment. Um, so looking at the 37 states with some form of medical cannabis, 18 or 19 with adult use, and every year we see these numbers increase as we head toward federal legalization and more states put these on their ballots. So I'm curious if there is a difference in real estate needs um, and in the processes involved when it comes to the medical cannabis versus adult use. Yeah, I think it's generally based on perception, Bethany. So oh. <laughs> it's, you know, it's interesting, like we were talking about before, you know, are we having the right conversation? So when I mentioned before, I'm referring to when we were just discussing 
you know, should it, it's not should cannabis go in the community, it's where should a retail or an industrial or an agricultural use that may be cannabis or maybe tomatoes or maybe, you know, something else, a toy store. It's the same thing on the medical versus adult use. So if we are in a state operating with medical legislation and regulation around cannabis, the question should become, well, how does that state in those communities treat a medical style industry? Right. Um, and it's, I think if we're being fair and as objective as, as appropriate, which will help with reducing noise, reducing chaos, increasing education, a lot of times because the states and the voters are saying, hey, you know, politicians, federal government, we're not going to wait for you. We are creating the change in our communities. Sometimes that comes with systems that aren't necessarily perfect mm-hmm. or far, far from perfect. So there's cases, you know, we've seen, and I think we can all acknowledge where states have legalized medical programs that may have been structured more like rec- recreational or adult use systems, not to say anything about the medical efficacy of cannabis. I mean, even if cannabis is being used recreationally, I think the future decades of medical research, hopefully we're going to continue to see on cannabis will reveal an amazing new set of medical benefits, regardless of intended use. Um, But when it comes to the real estate, that discussion gets impacted. So if you have a state where it's medically legalized, but it's kind of operating more in a recreational capacity, the real estate discussion gets very challenging because you are you are trying to place facilities and locations that are clearly not medically intended, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, it's just perception. So, okay, I mean, it's it's what that local community thinks of medical versus adult use. Have they had enough time and education to adopt the emerging industry? Um, and again, I think at the end of the day, we're probably going to see both everywhere in their mm-hmm. tr- in their true spirit. Got it. Yeah, that's great insight. I appreciate that. Um, We've got just about 30 seconds left. um, So I just want to make a couple quick announcements. NCIA's 11th annual Cannabis Industry Lobby Days will be taking place in 2023 on May 16th, 17th, and 18th. And I know you missed out in our 10th in September, but hopefully you can make it with us in May. It's an amazing experience to go to Capitol Hill in DC and get your steps in going between the House and Senate buildings. Um, It's a fantastic opportunity to network with your fellow NCIA members as well. Excuse me. Also, um, our board of directors election is running through November 11th and our committee application period is also running through November 11th. So I encourage NCIA members who are interested in getting more involved to check out those opportunities. All right. So we have run out of time and apparently I'm losing my voice in this episode too, but thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Brian. I really appreciate your insight into the real estate market for cannabis. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.